1: What's up, Remarkables? Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And I'm Dr. Pete Cammiolo. Hey, lucky you. You found yourself in the second half of just an energizing conversation about recovery. If you missed our last episode, you're definitely going to want to listen to it. It's going to bring you great context and perspective for what we're going to be covering here today. Um, you know, this is a standalone value on its own, but man, it's a two-part conversation. And today we're going to get into the practical and tactical around how do you leverage opportunities for recovery to increase your own energy your team's energy and the energy of your business right so truth is is this is the law of the jungle this is not just a good idea this is an energetic organism your business is an energetic organism we all know the truth we've all seen it and lived it we can't explain it, but you won't deny it, man. When energy's up, your business is up. When energy's flat, your, your business is flat. And when your energy's down, your business is down. Dr. Pete, man, as the CEO is the chief energy officer, we've got to recognize that we've got that accelerator pedal under our foot. We've got to know how to influence uh, the energy of ourselves, of our team, of our business, so that we can actually optimize our business and make the biggest impact. So one of the things
0: that I that I learned and I learned it the hard way and this is again picking up from where we were before is that if you don't set up these rhythms right you are actually putting a cap on and a lid on your capacity to have an impact in your in your business and in your life. And so getting this right, setting this out right, making this plan, the not only the recovery plan but the production plan actually is connected back to the recovery plan. Okay, so when you think about productivity, recovery and productivity are exactly the same. And I learned yes. this a lot by starting to wear a, a little ring on my finger. Started teaching me this concept, but I knew this concept from business. But it was reminded—I was reminded about it. If your body is the reflect, if if you just took, you could take land as your example for context. You could take the human body. All of these things are great context to teach us exactly what a what a business is. A business is a living organism. It's an entity that functions exactly like the farm which we we talked about in the last and just like your body and one of the things that i've recognized as i'm starting to pay much closer attention to my health because now i have insight which i never had before i have the intel data that my my body's ability to be ready is actually directly connected back to my recovery so you have to recover so that you can be ready to be productive, okay? So it's just so interesting because the paradox, you, you mentioned the paradox last time, it's like, well, I wanna be, I'm just gonna be productive, 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 I'm just gonna go, go, go. That actually, if you physiologically, if you understand human physiology is actually not how it works. And if you, if you study high peak performing athletes and you, you, you study people that are most successful in business, and in life, what you'll learn from studying them is that they have rhythms in their life. They have recovery built in. It's embedded within their daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual rhythms. And so when you go to build out your business plan, and we're going to talk about the, the three year, the one year, and the 90 day and getting focus, and, and you and your team and making this very practical all the way down to your schedule on your daily schedule and your practice business schedule and all of that is it, you have to begin with the, the perspective of it's a requirement for me to build this into my life and the belief. And if, if you don't know already that your productivity is going to be a reflection of your recovery. And so the better you are at recovery, the more productive you will be. And so if you want to have a more remarkable practice, and a more remarkable life, you've got to get this part right. And uh, we're very committed to you guys being healthy, happy, whole CEOs and your team as well. So, this, yeah, this still, conversation couldn't be
1: more important. It's so important to intellectualize this, right? Because I think for most of our listeners, this is not instinctual. Right? So it's, yeah. it's, it's actually counterintuitive, right? So uh, we all had to learn this lesson the hard way. And I would suggest that we're all still learning the lesson, right? So this is a continuous lesson, because as you put it, the last episode is that we love to work and we love the work. And that can be a double whammy, right? So it's like people listen, is like, I don't know what you two are talking about. I love to work and where you don't, please don't hear any, please don't hear that any, any different. Uh-huh. That. Uh, we love to work and yeah. we love the work and that's the problem right? yes. uh, because, because that, you know, we are still Perfect. subject to natural laws of rest, repair and recovery, right? So what I had to do is I had to get academic on it, right? So this is the chink in my armor, right? So. Um, diet style. Yeah. You know, I, I like to say I'm hundred percent paleo 80% of the time. Right. So um, workouts, <laughs> Pete, you and I have done lots of workouts together. Um, mm-hmm. Not moving my body is not my problem. <laughs> it's like I, I love to train. I love to work out. Right. So that's, you know, that's not my problem. Right. So mindset, mind space, drive, all that, that, that you know, it's just like literally not my problem. Right. My problem was rest and sleep you know, sleep and repair. So what I had to recognize was I had to actually intellectualize the fact that rest and sleep has even a greater hormonal impact than my diet style or my workout patterns or my thought life. <laughs> was like, yeah. I literally had to get that category down because I kind of tucked sleep and rest into the move category of my life and I was like, well, it's just like not moving. So it's there. I'm like, no. <laughs> and I was like, it's easier for us to do, right? Like a do a workout or do a great meal or take a supplement or, you know, do some type of mental exercise or read a book or whatever. Not doing. Wow, that's a totally different consciousness and a totally different skill set. So, you know, if it's not your if it's not your ilk, if it's not how you're hardwired, right? Then you have to set up an environment that promotes this, right? Because we know the truth, environment trumps willpower, right? So you have to set up an environment, whether that's an actual environment or, or, or it's a virtual environment uh, that promotes and creates a the forced function of rest and repair and recovery. So what do we mean by that? So for me, it, uh, it always starts with my schedule. Like by schedule, here's what I want you to understand is when you set goals, your goals drive your schedule. When you set goals, whether you call that a vision story or you're quantifying your vision story into actually metrics and KPIs and goals, when you set goals, you are driving your commitments to your schedule. Does that make sense? Like, so yeah. like ultimately, you you know, be careful how you set your goals because those are go those goals are going to shape and drive your commitments of your time energy focus and money right so when you set your goals you have to set goals that are congruent with your core values and your vision story right so if we're going to be in alignment which is where success lives sustainable success lives when you're in alignment with your core values your vision story and your behaviors when you set goals or cast a vision story you know your mouth is writing checks that your ass has to cash right so you recognizing right right now as i cast this vision i'm setting goals which is going to demand a certain investment of time, energy, focus, and money of you and your team. This is, this is how heavy this is, right? So it's like, all right, so be really careful when you cast those goals and then set that vision story, you're making a commitment of how you're gonna spend your time, energy, focus, and money. So now that informs, okay, so what is our what are our goals? What are our marketing? What's our marketing calendar going to look like now? You're now you're spending everybody's time, energy, focus, and money. And Dr. Pete, we're talking about like that three year view of your business. So we cast this out three years. So now we're looking at the ultimate view of your business. So you're doing an ultimate commitment of your time, energy, focus, and money. So when we go ultimate and then we look, we draw it into one year out. Now it's the next iteration, right? And then there's the now, which is this quarter right now. What am I committed to? So you are literally framing out, you're setting the frame for what your next 90 days are like when you set up your next happily achievable goals for you and your team.
0: Yeah. This is a very sobering conversation. It's actually, hopefully it, it, it actually brings a level of puts you more in a little of a parasympathetic state. We've got to get out of the sympathetic. We got to get back into parasympathetic parasympathetic. You know, and I really, I actually, you know, I'll just go on this. So I had a, this clarity come to me last year when I realized as I'm assessing businesses, because what we do as coaches is we, we consult and, um, you know, we coach and we support and encourage, and we, we align ourselves with, with business owners and leaders, and we help you build and scale and grow your businesses. So one of the things that I'm always sensitive to is what's the energy of the office? What has the energy been? And, and what came to me was, I thought, as a chiropractor, about the physiological state of your energy. And when a patient would come in, I would assess them, are these people more on the sympathetic or parasympathetic side? We know when you're in a state of subluxation, the subluxation complex puts somebody in a state, they're going to be in a sympathetic dominant state. That's what it is. I used to remember on my radio show, I used to get a lot of calls in when I used to say, do you have, um, are you in, do you have the, sympathetic dominant, uh, SDS. (laughs) And I was like, if you suffer with SDS, give us a call right now, it's 615. I remember I used to do it. I used to explain it and they're like, people would call, I would get all these phone calls be like, I think I have SDS. What is that sympathetic dominant state? I would explain all the symptomatology and how you'd manifest and show up like that. Well, I realized that in business, that's how we show up. We're in this place of sympathetic dominant dominance and that state is, is fine if you're going to fight or flee short-term, but it's not something you, like you said, actually, it's not sustainable. And so when you look at your three-year, one-year, 90 days, what you actually are doing is you're doing a parasympathetic exercise. You're actually taking a step back. You're, you're forced to pause. You're forcing the function. You're thinking and looking ahead. And you're actually considering, asking the question, what does success look like three years from now? And you and you and you actually have to have an answer. Like you can't move forward to the one year until you know what the three year is. Where do we want to be? And if you don't have that, it'd be really, really hard to know what is important now and what's important next and what's important ultimately. So you would have a a struggle setting goals and doing any of that. So if you are struggling with that right now and you're finding yourself stuck, probably the first thing we need to do is we just need to stop, slow down, stop. Let's get a reset of the three years. What does that look like for you in your business, in your life? Then we'll do a one year. Okay, so if that's a three year, where do you want to be in one year? And then from there, where are we going to be in 90 days? I'll tell you, that'll lower a lot of people's blood pressure. Absolutely, Because the reason why we're, so we're, is because we haven't done that. We, we stay in this state of, it's like, you know, Stephen Covey talks about the, the quadrants of productivity. We stay in important and urgent, but we want to be doing, that's quadrant one. We want to be in quadrant two, important, but not urgent, which is I'm, I'm always doing what's important, but I don't want to be in a place of urgency. I don't want to feel that like press on me even though doc you and i love that in a sense we've always talked about like oh, i like the i like that push before an event you know it's like a little bit of pressure. yeah but it's not it's not the pressure is good it's just not sustainable and it's definitely not a healthy environment for the majority of people that you're going to be having that's on right. your team that's, that's for right. sure so dr steve it's so important to get this right for your health the health of your business i'll tell you as a ceo and the coach i can feel it from a mile away
1: Doc, hundreds of our coaching clients have grown their businesses following our Remarkable CEO program. Well, now it's your turn. We are kicking off a new cohort of Remarkable CEOs this month. Enrollment's limited, so don't delay. If you're ready to turn your job into a business, make a bigger impact and a bigger income, the Remarkable CEO program is what you've been looking for. Go to theremarkablepractice.com forward slash R-E-M CEO to apply today. I love the, the autonomic nervous system framework. There are sympathetic versus parasympathetic. And if you bring that over to the role of the CEO, which is, you know, that manifestation process of the appear process. So it's assess, plan, prepare, execute, assess, repeat. That's the appear process that we teach. If you listen to that, which one of these is in parasympathetic and which one of these uh or which ones of these are in sympathetic assess look back that's parasympathetic plan that's parasympathetic prepare that's parasympathetic execute that's sympathetic assess back to parasympathetic right so there's a rhythm to it right so we just recognize when it when when you are actually living out your job description as a ceo you're spending it's you there's going to be time that you've allocated for sympathetic activity when you jump into that fight or flight and, and you've designed it that way it's like when you're in execution it's okay that you get that heart rate up and you get you feel the pressure and you go but it's it's structure that way it's planned that way it's just, i hope this isn't too nebulous for you to pick up what we're laying down here but it's ultimately it comes down to planning this out so you just recognize just like if you plan your day hey guess what today between 4:30 and 6 o'clock i'm going to be insympathetic. how do i know that because i got a date in the hell barn right? I know that I've got a workout coming and you know what, that's going to be my time to put my body into that sympathetic override, right? So I am going to be out there and getting after it, but on the backside of that, I'm going to be in that new hot tub we just got, right? And I'm going to see how quickly I can get back into parasympathetic with a big, <laughs> bold Cabernet, right? So, I mean, I'm just excited for that, right? Like I have that plan for the day. So guys, Here's the deal, if you're gonna be the architect of your life, the architect of your career, you've gotta be the architect of your calendar and of your schedule. So this is how this hits the ground, right? You have to be able to plan out your, how are you going to commit your focus Right, So we took this beyond time management and we took it to focus mastery and we say, this is how I'm gonna structure myself. Like I'm gonna be focusing on the harvest or I'm gonna be focusing on rest, right? So when you lay out that plan, you take the three year view, you zoom in and you do the one year view, man, that one year calendar, I better be able to look at that one year calendar and see, okay, so I can see the rhythms of your year, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be four even quadrants, but I have to be able to see these are the rest periods that you have allocated. I like six weeks vacation, frankly. I like doing one week off. So I'll do 12 weeks on, one week off, right? It's called week 13. And then we'll do 11 weeks on, two weeks off, right? So, and then we do one week off and then we do two weeks off by the quarter, right? So six weeks vacation and I alternate. I don't need... For 2 two-week vacations, but I like two two-week vacations, right? So I don't know about you, Pete, but it takes about four or five days to even get into vacation state, right? To come in, you know, come sliding in into home base. So you come ripping into the driveway in two wheels. It takes some time to just kind of chill out and cool down. So let's keep it simple. Let's call it week 13, which is you have 13 weeks and a quarter, right? 12 weeks on, one week off. 12 weeks on, one week off. 12 weeks on, one week off. Why do you think God put 13 weeks in a quarter, right? It's that 13th week is meant to be. That's the rest and repair, right? This is the Sabbath week, right? This is where you just tune it down, unplug, get offline, right? Get get off the reservation. This is where you grab, gather, gather up your family, get, you know, get everybody off their screens and away from your house. Uh, and you put yourself in an awesome environment that promotes rest, relaxation, and repair. Dr. Pete, week 13 has always been part of our culture and our family in all of our businesses. And man, it's time to push that into the limelight because I think everybody can need, use a little more week 13 in their life.
0: Yeah, I think you guys have done a really good job. I, I, I always have said that you and Dr. Camilla have done such a great job of being intentional in that way. And, and I know Mary and I, we've always... Um, you know, this has been a struggle. I always say, I take responsibility for that. I don't think Mary struggles with it as much as I do. So it's really just Pete learning how to, um, to do that, to rest and to build those rhythms. But the week 13 is such a very simple framework. And we, we really want all of you to adopt this. I mean, if you could just take the, have the courage this year to say, even if right now, if you're just listening to this now for the second half of this year, and then next year, moving forward, you go into this cadence of a week 13 rhythm, where you're resting and, it, and dr And it doesn't mean you have to necessarily go somewhere extravagant and spend a lot of money. Even it's just a, the fact that you're resting and there's so many different ways that you can do it. And we're not going to get into that today, but you know um, we, we talked, we did a whole episode, I think on the staycation, the nocation, the vacation, the, the, workation. Um, the workation. Yeah. There's, there's all sorts of ones that are out there, but you know, you, you have to do this. And, and so what I want to, what I want to just hit on for, for a minute here, we talked about the three years, we talked about the one year, 90 days, and this comes back to goals. What I want to talk about is the daily, because what I found is, is that if you can get the daily rhythm, right, then you have a better chance of getting the weeks, the months, the quarters, and the years. Right. And what I found is that when I build rest in recovery, like you just talked about the hot tub experience later on today, um, when you build this into your daily rhythms and you recognize the need to rest daily, it doesn't. That doesn't take away. Okay, listen. This doesn't take away the need to rest. Take that week off. You're just like, well, no. I take time every day and every week to rest. I don't need to take vacation. It's not true. You need to take the time to rest. And 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 the test will be when you do it. When you take the week, watch how your energy is. It'll take you two to three days just to wind down. At least if you're wired like me, it takes me 48 hours to just. It's as if there was a. A, like a spinning wheel and they turned it off, but it, it was moving at such a high velocity that it literally didn't stop spinning for two days. Like that's literally yeah. how it feels. And I can't like go in there and jam a, a stick in there and stop it. Like I, yeah. I can't, you just have to let it wind down for your own health. So you have to know how to decelerate and accelerate accel- yeah, because you're going to slow
1: back up in the last two days of the vacation. Right.
0: Correct. So I, so there's this whole art to this whole thing but it's an art to be able to do this really well. Um, and and so, what you really need to be thinking about as you're starting to make a schedule and make a plan is, and Dr. Steven, we've talked about this, you've got to put the time that you're going to be resting into your calendar before you put your marketing on the calendar. Here's why because otherwise, you're always going to have some sort of a marketing event or initiative that you're you got to be doing. And so you're like, well, we can't take a break then because I got this other thing I've already committed to. So you've got to commit to your time, your personal rest and recovery time before you. So that's where it goes back to the goals. So before you set that marketing calendar, you got to know what your goals are, look at your goals. And within the context of your goals that you've set, building your lifestyle first, then the marketing calendar. So that'll then change the goals associated with the specific marketing initiatives if you're going to still achieve your goal at the end of the year and not compromise you taking time to rest. And if you do it that way, set the goals, put your rest in the calendar, put your time in the calendar, then put your marketing plan together in that order, that's, that's going to be the way that you're going to be successful here. If you don't, it's going to be much harder for you to actually build this rest into your life and into these rhythms. And then again, like I said, it, goes, it comes back to your day. If you can do your day well, this is a whole other episode, Doc. But this is, to me, the number one priority. It became a number one part of me. If I could just win one day at a time, we win. We win. I said I have to learn how to discipline and win each day. And when I did that, that's when I start to win the week, the win the month, win quarter win the year no question it comes
1: back to that so no question um uh, one of my um early mentors and had such an impact on my on my life and my career um was cj mertz and and he continues to be an influence on me so i just so appreciate him and his wisdom and you know so many of the leaders in chiropractic today come from they have they have wlp and cj mertz in their in their dna right so um one thing that he taught me i don't know if he made if this is an original thought or not, and I don't care, he taught me, so he gets credit for it, uh, which is everybody's trying to master their, their life, right? So in order to master your life, you need to first master your week. And in order to master your week, you have to first master your day. And in order to master your day, you have to first master your morning and in order to master your morning you have to first master yourself and man that was the kick in the ass that i needed exactly at that point in time in my life and it's changed me that was 20 years ago and it changed my trajectory uh and it was without a doubt it was about mastering your morning so that you could master your day so that you can master your week so you can master your life right and that just came down to mastering myself and recognizing that this was counterintuitive to me it was di- it was it was a different perspective it was a different way of thinking um and you know you know i love f1 racing i love car racing um in fact by the time this airs i believe i'm going to be just getting back from taking my son sam down to f1 in miami so for the miami uh, f1 open wheel race uh, the grand prix for his 18th birthday i'm so psyched for that man <laughs> so i'll have some great stories coming back from that but the, everyone knows that in F1, that the, it, you win or lose in the pit, It's right? so the pits. It's the pit stop, right? That, that's literally what decides who wins, right? period. And, and everybody knows it, right? So it is where and when and how you pit, where you take that pit stop that determines, you know, your position uh, on, on that track. So if we can learn from that, we we'll just recognize that they don't show up. They don't show up to the race being like, I wonder if we're going to have to pit, right? They're, They're like, man, I hope we get through this race without having to to do a pit stop it's like, man, if we could just do this race without doing a pit stop and changing the tires, it's like, like maybe we'll have the advantage. You know, you could try that, (laughs) but that does not end well. And everybody sees it. You can't even delay it. If you're off by a half lap, you are done. (laughs) It's like, this is like such an important, like illustration of a strategy and being strategic about how you plan to win the race right? So when you want to win the race that's been laid out in front of you, whether you were taking a three decade view of your career, or or we're looking at at this three year view of your business or this three month view of your life right now, just recognize that it is the rhythms of your pit stops that are really going to make all the difference in your productivity. That's counter. That's it's, it goes counter to every part of our hardwiring, right? So It's not just counterintuitive, right? It's counter to the way we are designed to operate as CEOs, as drivers, right? So this has to very much become an intellectual decision that I am going to plan for it. I'm going to lay out my year. I'm going to block off my periods of rest and repair and recovery because that's going to be critical for my productivity. So Pete, I'm going to invite everybody right now. This is like, just get out your calendars, make the commitment right now that yes, I want to master my, my life, right? Yes. I want to master uh, my year Uh, and it's going to start right here with your plan, right? So if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. You don't have a chance at doing this. If it's not a commitment that you make to yourself and you have reverence for that commitment, open up your calendar and start today. Like look forward over the next 12 months and say, where are, I'm scheduling it right now. These are going to be my breaks. Uh, It doesn't have to be two weeks off. It can be a four-day weekend, right? So, but just start somewhere. Start right now to be able to say, I'm going to claw back some time. I'm going to recognize that I have got to schedule my pit stop if I have any chance of winning this race. Week 13, it's a lar of the jungle. 12 weeks on, one week off. This is a critical component. It's in the DNA of having a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with
0: our Remarkable Success Partner, dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, we are here with my friend and Remarkable Practice Success Partner, Noto Hashimoto from TrackStat, co-founder of TrackStat, also chiropractor, Incredible leader in our space and somebody who's gonna help you solve your problems. Listen, you here, Dr. Steven and I on this program constantly talk about how we need to be as CEOs, remarkable CEOs, making data-driven decisions, right? So we make data-driven decisions, data-driven meetings, data-driven trainings. It's all about data. We've got to have the right data to make the right decisions. I'll tell you what though, do you know this just as well as I do. A lot of doctors either one, don't have the data. Number two, they don't know what to do with the data. It can be really, really stressful. So when it comes to tracking stats and reporting stats and understanding stats, this can be a real pain point for a lot of remarkable CEOs. And I know that you are here today because you've got a solution for this. So I love having business conversations with other business leaders and thought leaders like yourself, and especially ones who are solving problems for doctors in the marketplace. So Dr. Noto, I want you to present like a little bit about who you are, and uh, we're just excited to dig in, have a conversation today about how we can help doctors make their businesses more remarkable.
2: Yeah, like quick story about me, a uh, chiropractor married to a chiropractor, um, didn't start out that way. Uh, I was actually going to school to be a dentist, doing normal allopathic stuff, got in a car accident, physical therapy for six months, still had neck pain, radiating pain, uh, sciatic pain, disc bulge. Uh, to, first, someone took me to a chiropractor got better, fixed my acne. My wife actually started out as a data and financial analyst before. So she's actually very, very, very good with data. Um, And she actually got unenamored with that and went back to school to be a chiropractor. And her grandfather was a chiro in the early 40s, all the way through to the end of his career back in when they used to get thrown into jail. So it's um, you know, we're a Cairo family. We're very vitalistic. We listen to your podcast, and I do like a lot of the stuff that you guys say. And you know, like with the stats, like I'm a fan of stats, but at the same time, I'm not like a fan of stats. So, like the problem, and like the problem that a lot of times I find with stats is that they're lagging indicators. And when you're having to add them onto like a Google Sheet or some other stat tracking platform. And it's not in real time. It's even more of a lagging indicator. And you can make bad business decisions, especially if there's just humans inputting data because humans are prone to error. Like it's um, if you put in a really big number, numbers are usually 1 through 10 and someone puts in 100. It's easy to spot that. But if a number is 9 instead of 4, or vice versa, and they keep doing that over and over again, those are harder ones to find. It's always easy to spot the outliers, but like those little data entry errors, uh, they're really hard to find and you can make bad business decisions from that. So like, so with TrackStat, it's really about tracking your patients in real time, like working on your patient facing activities and automation so you could grow your stats. It was too long of a name, so we came up with TrackStat. And it's just, it's really about making life easier for the front desk, for the office manager, for the doctor and for everyone. Like in practice, like, you know, I started out uh, pretty hot and heavy in practice, pretty busy Cairo. Like I broke 60K nine months into practice, which at the time I didn't think that was a big of a deal. And then now that I've been out, I realize it's like, shit, that was pretty good. So it was like, and we took our practice three and a half to four mil a year for a number of years. We had seven providers. It was complicated, very complicated. And I had, I've always had coaches along the way, and I still have a coach, and I'm going to have a coach probably for the rest of my life because I need someone to keep pushing me. And uh, we had like seven Google Sheets, I had a stats tracking software um then i had a texting platform then i had infusionsoft and nothing talked to each other like on the outside we were a successful practice but there was a lot of effort to make things work and if someone was on vacation or someone was sick or we had like an influx of new patients like there was um a lot of moving parts like we were seeing 100 to 165 new patients a month a lot of visits a lot of production and it was um a lot of effort to make it work. And I had to constantly inspect things to make sure things are being done. Not everything, but like you had to spot check it. And like one of my mentors said that um, you got to inspect what you expect. And you guys will talk about you get what you tolerate. And I've always liked that because if you, your practice is kind of like the practice that you've allowed to happen. And uh, so with track that like people need some basic things, easy ways to communicate with patients, two way texting, online scheduling. Like I talked to some, some doctors that we sign up and we'll say that they're a little bit more mature than me, but like, they're just like, oh, I would never schedule online. And then, but for someone like me, in my early forties, I don't want to call the office. I want to schedule online. I don't want to talk to someone if I don't have to, if I throw out my back, Uh, doing burpees or like deadlifts or something like that on Saturday and want to get in. I want to like click, 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 done. And then just move on and know that I have an appointment on Monday rather than waiting till Monday to make that call. So like there's like the online scheduling component of it, um, getting more reviews, which helps you get more new patients. And then like all the different things that you guys teach, like you teach your pre-shift huddle so you can see all your people for the day, your new patient tracker, shows all your patients on treatment plans, who doesn't have a next visit, who's falling off. For anyone that does personal injury, we do that spreadsheet to help manage PIs. And then all the different marketing campaigns, drip campaigns, and then for any TRP people on the call, like your scorecard, vital signs. And if you're not part of that, those stats are, just good for anyone to have, because, you know, like obviously you guys have bought those ones through and I've been in a number of different consulting groups. And those are very, I would say a lot of them are very universal for, uh, conversion retention and growing revenue. And if you have more revenue, you could help more people. You could afford to have better staff, have a better building, buy your own building, things like that. So, That's, um, you know, like pretty much the little just of track stat and, you know, we have a free demo on our website, but like, I don't know if you have any specific questions or anything like that, Dr. Pete.
0: Well, yeah, I, I I mean, I, I absolutely do. This is just great. I mean, I love listening to you in this conversation. I mean, I'm just sitting here smiling and nodding my head because you know, you're, you're really speaking into the, the, the listening for me because I'm in this space in chiropractic offices every day you know, every week. And one of the things I'm constantly asking for is stats. I'm like, let me see your stats. Yeah. Because if I know that if I can see the stats, then I can give you some, some guidance as a coach. You know, my job is to be able to analyze, look at the business, analyze that. And then from that, give some direction and, 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 you know, solve the issues and grow the business. I mean, that's the goal. So you talked about a couple of things I want you to unpack just, just for a couple of minutes. So there's a couple of things that really stood out to me. Number one was, some of the issues right now is lagging, the lagging of stats. I don't think a lot of people understand what that means. So if you just want to unpack that, just for a split second, um, lagging um, being a lagging indicator and how that can influence the bottom line directly. That was one thing. The second was you talked about human error, um, and I know you have visibility probably into a lot of people's stats as well, especially as you um, transition from whatever they were doing to what you know they can do now with yours. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of gaps in that and a lot of errors. Uh, and you did speak to that. And then the third thing you kind of talked about that really stood out to me was, um, you know, this concept of, you know, uh, durability. You talked about, you know, even if your CA is absent, we talk about, you know, a, a remarkable practice is is scalable, it's durable, it's transferable. And and what you were describing was was really, you know, it's really attracted me to even our conversation initially, which was we're always looking for leverage points as CEOs. We're looking to supply support for our team using technology and automation. But then also you said it's durability. So even if your CA isn't there or had to leave early, you can still have all the data delivered to you and not have to wait till the next day when, you know, she's back in and she's trying to compile everything and get it to you. So you talked about, you know, that, and then the reliability and the accuracy of that. So I think right there, I mean, that to me, that is really a compelling conversation, you know, because as a CEO, that's where I think a lot of the, the struggle is, is, you know, we're dealing with lagging, we're dealing with human error, we, we're dealing with, you know, unreliability, we're not using leverage, it's too hard. And therefore, we're not able to grow our businesses, we, we hit these, what we call capacity blocks, and logistical blocks, personnel blocks, um, you know, and, and just functional blocks, system blocks because of that. And so again, you're talking about removing those interferences. So these practices can grow. So a couple things lagging. Can you talk about that and human error? And then this idea of durability, I'd love for you to unpack that just a little bit more. Yeah.
2: So the, the human error is kind of an obvious thing. It's like you're wasting your staff's time doing data entry and they're prone to human error. So you can make decisions based on bad numbers. And then I just, you know, some of these docs will say, it's like, well, what are they going to do? It's like, they could talk to patients they could send out like you know uh bethany's mom had a hip replacement why don't you send her it's like the mom like a get well soon card or something like that they could fill their time calling old patients they could put together a workshop they could do a lot of different things but like getting into the lagging indicators like okay well Like you talk to a lot of these docs, it's like, what do you need? More new patients? Like that's like I always joke. It's like every Cairo thinks that they they need more new patients. So it's like my wife is leaving me. Oh, I'll get more new patients. Just like they think new patients will solve everything. Or you're just looking at collections, and collections is great. But like if you were a um, insurance based office, like you could look at your billing stats. Right. How much are you billing now? And you're going to see how much you're collecting, you know, four to six weeks down the road. You can look at your collection stats and then, you know, like there's behavior. So like some of the things that we have in our system is like, did you enter your services? So if you didn't put in your diagnosis and services, even if you're a cash based practice, you got to put in your services and apply that money. Um, we've had clients that started with us and they're treating like, say, a family of six for a year and they haven't been collecting and someone's been zeroing that out, and that should be a red flag. And they're seeing all this production, but they're not getting all that collection from that. And then now you tell the patients that they now owe all this money, they're going to disappear, or you're going to write it off, and they might feel guilty. So it's like, So like, yes, you can look at billings if you want to get more revenue, then you can look at your collections. And then there's all the little behavior things that you're going to do, all the little substats that build all those things. You're going to say, did I enter the services? Did I put in the diagnosis codes? Um, Are we collecting on every single visit? If they're accruing some kind of a patient balance, it's a lot easier to collect that when they walked in the door before they went back, then trying to collect it after the visit. And when they walked in the door, just scheduling them for their next visit. So like for you guys, you teach your clients to block books. So whenever I get a TRP client, it's pretty easy. It's like, oh yeah, we schedule them out for the year. It's like, okay, well, that's pretty nice. But like, you gotta realize that your average clinic isn't doing that. So people are falling through the cracks. Or like, if you're trying to focus on like conversions, like a lot of people say, it's like, I want to get more conversions. I want to get more people that have started care is like, okay, well, let's go back to your patient experience. It's like how many patients are scheduling, And then that's the first thing that you got to fix. And then you got to get those people to show up to their first visit. And then if they're not showing up, if they're dropping off from their first visit to their second visit. So that's a problem. And sometimes we'll see a stat where they have a high schedule rate for their second visit but a low show rate. And that usually means that you have a pushy front desk and they're just scheduling because they don't want to deal with that confront. So like you could just really break it down, but like you have your stat, but you have all your substats and then you have your behaviors and it's just the little things that you do in your practice. And what we try to do is we automate that for the front desk because, believe it or not, between patients coming in, coming out, the phone ringing, and then when they have a little bit of time, I was probably the worst at this. When I was in there, I just walk up and say, "Can you fax this? Can you do this? Can you scan this?" Um, and it just, I, w- I thought I was being helpful, but I was actually not being helpful. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think you just brought up like five different scenarios, which it, all of them probably you know are landing for for you know you guys as you're listening to you know notice talking about this. So. Uh, two two final questions, and we're going to wrap. Noda, thank you so again so much for for joining me today on the Remarkable CEO podcast and being one of our remarkable practice success partners. Uh, we're just so grateful to be working with you, and that our and that our doctors get a chance to you know work with you, demo your stuff, and see if it's going to be a fit. And then working with you, we're seeing so many great uh, again responses from the doctors who you're working with. So two final questions. Number one, first question is. Um, how does your program integrate with other EHR systems? Like, you know, there's a bunch of them that are out there. So can you bring us a little bit of visibility into that? And then number two, do you have a demo or a way for the doctors to demo or see your product? And what would that look like for, you know, any of our listeners here to be able to check out, um, you know, to check out, your product to be able to see, you know, what, what is, you know, track like, and uh, what's that look like for us? So if you can give us that insight, that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah. Like um,
2: the easiest thing is they just go to trackstat.org, T-R-A-C-K-S-T-A-T.org. They go there, go watch demo. And then if you're interested at that point, you want to schedule a 10 minute zoom, you just have a calendar link right on there. You could schedule it right there and then we'll do a 10 minute zoom because everyone's practice is a little bit different even though we're all chiropractors I find that we all practice different ways high volume low volume um, insurance no insurance personal injury no personal injury multi-provider single provider multi-location so like um, that's the easiest way to kind of get a hold of me and then you know I'd love to talk to you and then the other thing other thing that you asked about, what was the other thing?
0: The, the other EHRs and the integration of your Yeah, system. so the other
2: EHRs, so right now, ChiroTouch, like the any of the Genesis, like Veracole ones, and then Eclipse, and then we're going to add other ones. So we're still like relatively new in the space, but we're going to just add some more. But like so far, we've found that those are kind of like the most popular ones. If you wanted to book a demo and you didn't have one of those three, that's fine. Um, we started with Car Touch cause that's what I had in my practice. Um, and we got into other ones cause someone booked a demo and then we had a few people book demos and requests and then connected me with the software vendor. And then that's how we got our integration. So if you have a software that is not listed on our website you know, just uh, fill out the form, talk to me. If you think you're interested, connect me with uh, your rep And then we'll just take it from there.
0: All right. Well, y'all heard it. You know what to do next. So Noda, thank you so much for joining me on the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Again, thank you for what you're doing for the chiropractic profession, helping remarkable chiropractors become remarkable CEOs, turn those jobs into businesses and help more people and help us help more people. And that's what we're in. So again, thank you for taking the time. And I look forward to seeing you again at one of our next events. Until then, God bless. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.